close your eyes. Stretch out your ribbon as we enter my third ear. Hey guys, I'm back. Thanks for your patience while my third ear took a little hiatus. I promise this wasn't lost time. I've actually been scavenging all over the world and have a lot of goodies to share with you over the next few months. Now, before I reveal today's instrument, I was curious as to how many people were actually familiar with this sound. So I jumped on the streets for a blind listening test. I guess it kind of sounds like a flute or a recorder, but like, well, more like electrical. That's definitely like a midi-ized piccolo. It sounds like cosmic scales and I'm flying through the universe. It sounds like a level of Mario Kart in outer space. Sounds like a MIDI flute orchestra. <laughs> the On Martineau, which directly translates as Martineau's Waves, was created in 1928 by French musician Maurice Martineau. Martineau's goal was to create an instrument that could mimic the tonal overlays of military radio oscillators while also maintaining tonal expression of an acoustic instrument like a cello. The result was one of the world's seminal electronic instruments. To this day, it's estimated there's only about 60 on Nartinos in the entire world. The Jan Martineau is often described as a more conventional cousin to the theremin, or as an ancestor of the synthesizer. But even amongst early electronic instruments, the Jan Martineau was totally unique, as it had the capacity to produce remarkable musical sensibility. Martineau himself conceived the instrument as an extension of the human nervous system, with its sensitive design linking electricity directly to the human body. The instrument was designed to facilitate the expression of what Martineau calls the music that sings in us. Now, in the early 1990s, the French government were really concerned about the future of the instrument, so they decided to support the development of a new generation of on Martineaus as long as they were digital instruments. On Martineau's two eldest sons pioneered the project and about a dozen new instruments were made but unfortunately, the whole Martineau community were really disappointed as they felt the instruments did, didn't quite capture the beauty and the unique timbre of the original instrument. This is an excerpt of French composer Olivier Messiaen's epic Tarungalila symphony. This piece was my first introduction to the Jan Martineau and I was lucky enough to perform it in 2011 with our guest for today's episode, Jacob Abella. 
I popped over to Jacob's house recently to have a chat and to get up and close with his on Martineau. I'm here with Jacob Abella, Ondest? What is it, Jacob? Ondest. Ondest. Jacob is a pianist and a composer based in Melbourne and also an Ondest. Could you, Jacob... Well, first of all, how did you get into playing the Ond? Well, it was a total coincidence. Um, I was at a national music camp in Adelaide, I think in 2011, um, and I met one of the violinists there, and they told me that they were performing Messiaen's To Ray Little Symphony at um, the Melbourne Youth Orchestra that, later that year. And at that point in time, I was in high school, and I was completely obsessed with that piece of music, and so I wrote to the orchestra, basically asking them how could I be involved in any capacity. Um, and for those of you who don't know the piece, um, there's a solo piano part, a solo on Martino part, um, and then also there's about a hundred people in the orchestra, um, as well as a few other keyboard instruments. So there's always there was a bit of a chance that I could have, you know, wormed my way in. So that's why I tried it, um, and then I didn't hear back for a couple of weeks, um, and then eventually one of the administrators wrote back to me and said, "Hi, we haven't yet found someone to play the on Martino solo part. Would you like to do it?" And for me, that was like kicking off two life goals in one, like playing this piece, playing this instrument. And so I spent the next few weekends coming down to Melbourne um, to practice on the instrument and learn how it works. And I sort of taught myself how to do it. And then after about a month of that, um, spent a week in rehearsals and performed it twice in the South Melbourne Town Hall. Amazing. So I'm sitting here in Jacob's lounge room looking at the On Martineau. And to me, if I was to describe what it looks like, it, it, it looks like... A mini keyboard, in a way. Mm -hmm. I, I, if any of you have seen what a toy piano looks like, it's sort of, <laughs> I have connotations of that. But And then there's sort of a control pad. So that's what it looks like to me visually. But I'm going to ask you, Jacob, to walk us through how it actually works. Yeah, so it's really quite a simple design, really. It's one of the earliest synthesizers. Um, it's entirely analogue. And this particular uh, instrument is one of the original ones that was made um, in the 70s, right before the inventor of the instrument, Maurice Martineau, died. So it's one of the very last ones that was made when he was still alive. Um, and the way it works is kind of like a theremin, um, by which I mean there's a double wave oscillator, which is just a technical term for something that creates waveforms. Um, and then there are several different filters which change the waveform and therefore change the sound of the instrument, kind of like organ stops. Um, and you create the sound by either playing on the keyboard, like a piano or a, or a synthesizer, or on a, a ring which is attached to wire and it runs along the length of the keyboard using the keyboard as reference for pitch. And that, so that's, that's how you choose pitch and then you control timbres, articulation and volume all with the draw to the left. Um, there's a magical white button, which is, it sort of has a lot of historical importance because Jeanne Lorio, who is um, who was uh, Olivia Messiaen's sister-in-law, is kind of known as the goddess of On Martineau, and she always described the the, the touche d'intensité, as it's called, as this kind of mystical thing which controls expression in the most human way possible for an electronic instrument. And apparently, it's filled with a kind of Oh, underneath the button um, is like a sack of conductive powder, which, as it's depressed further down, the surface area increases on the contact point and therefore increases the volume. So it's just it's kind of this really, really eccentric instrument, and that's what drew me to it in the first place. 
the radioactive keyboard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so here's a little audio demo. So I'll start with the ring, which is the most kind of recognisable sound that the On Mars No produces. It's kind of the closest sound uh, to the theremin um, that another instrument can produce. Um, so it's really great at doing things like glissandi, like this. And you can even perform melodies um, with vibrato and portamenti and things like this. on the keyboard, which operates very much the same as any other kind of electronic keyboard, um, but it's got a few little quirks. Um, you can emulate the sound of chords by doing very rapid tremolando. that you have Australia's only on Marcano? That was the case until recently. Um, so this instrument is not mine. It belongs to the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra and they have very graciously um, given it to me on a long-term loan, which I am forever grateful for. Um, and yeah, so until probably about a year ago, I thought this was the only instrument in Australia, but then I went to uh, MESS, which is the Melbourne Electronic... Dance in Tokyo? That's it, that's it. And Robin Fox curates that. And one of the collectors actually owns one of the, the new On Martinos, which um, it, uh, there's a maker in Paris who I, I think was Martineau's original assistant. Um, yeah, so there's, there's another one in Australia which is much more modern and that, that one is actually a solid state instrument as opposed to this one which is powered by valves. So it's a bit more reliable, but I dare say that this instrument that I have is probably a bit more authentic. Um, despite the fact that, you know, Martino's apprentice has the sort of, the go-ahead to make his own instruments as well, I think. Ah, you've got the trendy vintage edition. Yes, exactly, <laughs> the antique. The antique, yeah. Well, I'm starting to build a bit of a momentum with it. Um, I originally just performed um, the, for the first time in, with the Melbourne Youth Orchestra. And then the, the next time I played it was a couple of years later because I was still living in Sydney at that time. And I didn't really have access to the instrument. And I didn't really know where, um, like how I could ask MSO to borrow it again because it wasn't really my thing to ask, I don't think. Um, but anyway, so I came to study at Anna. 
That's the Australian National Academy of Music. And there was a program with Peter Hill, um, who was a Messiaen specialist, and so I performed a few on last note pieces there. And since then I've been performing a little bit, um, including a piece that I wrote, um, and then another another piece written by Perth composer Jared Yap in a concert that Thea Rossen, percussionist, curated at the St. Silas Church in Albert Park. And so that was a, a sort of a, a launch pad for a project I'm, I'm sort of developing, which involves commissioning Australian works for the instrument, because up until the point of that concert where myself and Jared wrote pieces, nothing had been written by Australian composers for Leon Martineau. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to create a body of work, and so that's the future of the instrument for me, I think. And for any listeners wanting to explore the instrument further, can you give them some tips, some players, some composers? Yeah, so one of my favourite composers of the On Martineau is Tristan Murai. Murai is spelled M-U-R-A-I-L. Um, and he's actually an On Martineau player himself. Um, and he's written probably probably about 10 or so pieces for the On in various contexts, either solo or with two On Martineaus or in other ensembles or with piano. Um, and it's a really interesting way of using the extremely idiomatic playing techniques of the On Martineau um, in a sort of modern European context. Um, so there's Murai, and there's also Messiaen, obviously. He kind of pioneered the instrument in a compositional sense, um, although he only wrote, I think, three or four works for On Martineau in total. Um, although they are all very seminal works, so that's why he sort of gets the, the publicity for being an On Martineau composer. That's right, yeah, so um, the... Well, for those who don't know what intonation is, intonation is uh, where a certain pitch sits. So, for example, I'm a flute player and I have to control exactly where, if I'm playing a D, whether that D is sounding too high or too low compared to other Ds around me. Where with a regular keyboard instrument, the pitch is set. You cannot change it, you cannot make it go higher or lower. That's right, whereas with the on Martin, no, even the keyboard um, requires a kind of finesse. Um, in terms of intonation because it's actually floating. Um, so the keyboard kind of sits above several metal contact points. Um, and if, for example, you strike a key and push to the right a little bit, it will go a little bit sharp. Um, and then obviously with the, the ribbon, um, that's entirely based on intonation. Um, and there are little tactile guides along the bottom of the keyboard to help you with that, but that's very much the starting point. Um, there's infinite variations of tuning and even quarter tones, sixth tones, eighth tones. So there's a lot of scope for really interesting exploration of pitch and timbre with the old Martineau.
for an instrument that most people wouldn't recognise, the On Martino actually appears pretty frequently in pop culture. whistling charm has weaved its way through a bunch of movie soundtracks, including Ghostbusters, Lawrence of Arabia, Amelie, Mars Attacks, and Hitchcock's classic film, Rebecca. In fact, the original Star Trek theme was actually played on an on Martineau. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood is probably the On Martino's highest claim to fame in the pop music sphere. He's recorded with the On Martino on Radiohead albums Kid A, Amnesiac, Hail to the Thief, In Rainbows, The King of Limbs and A Moon-Shaped Pool. Greenwood commissioned Cornish company Analog Systems to develop a Martino system controller for his modular analog synthesizers. In other words, he made his own. recreation of the instrument, he combined features of the original on Martino, like the ribbon and the expression key, with a current day synthesizer. And the intention was to manipulate electronic music with a more fluid human touch. In Carolyn Martell's documentary Wavemakers, she asked Greenwood about his fascination with the Ond. Why do you love On Martin? Why? Because um, I think partly it's because I can't sing. And I've always wanted to be able to play an instrument that was okay. like singing. And there's nothing closer. Yes. Just having that vibrato of the control. Also, I play um, viola. And I always very frustrated um, at doing vibrato on the viola. Feels so unnatural. Feels very awkward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But on a martinet, it feels very natural to be. It's just a very logical instrument. It's, mm -hmm, it's, it's, mm -hmm. Yes. It's such yes. a great idea, and you know, and, and yes. so musical to play. You know, it's not like other electronic instruments. No. I've got synthesizers which are just. It's just switches. You're just mm -hmm. turning switches on and mm -hmm. on, and it's not. It's not really. You can't put your personality into it. Yes. Like you can with a uh, violin or an oboe. Or... This is the only electric instrument, I think, where you can do that. Daft Punk's latest album, Random Access Memories, features the On Martino in the track Touch, while the On also pops up in a bunch of music by Tom Waits, Muse and The Gorillaz. 
Olivier Messiaen also wrote this piece entitled Fête de Belair for six on Martineaus to be played all together. Which, if you're holding a sci-fi party anytime soon, I think I've got your soundtrack covered. Laisse-moi devenir l'ombre de ton ombre L'ombre de ta main L'ombre de ton chien Ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas Ne me quitte pas Thanks so much to Jacob Abella for showing me around his On Martino today. You can check out what he's up to on his website, jacobabella.com. Jump onto our Facebook page for some videos of the On Martineau in action and, of course, a listening guide of all the audio from today's episode. And if you're interested to learn a little bit more about the On Martineau, I highly recommend checking out Carolyn Martel's documentary, Wavemakers. I'll put a link on social media for that one also. I'm leaving you guys today with a track from Melbourne sound artist Tillman Robinson's latest record, Deer Heart. Dion Martineau is carefully buried in this beautiful track, Horizon. Horizon.